This is exactly right. Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Karen, I've been saying Kilgariff. No, you haven't. Nah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're joined uh, by my friend uh, Shane Moss. Hey, Shane. Hey, Hi, thanks Shane. for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming and thanks. being an official guest. Yeah. Ooh, are there unofficial guests? Yes, every once in a while there's just people roaming around the hallways. Loiterers. Can you just bring yeah. them in? We have to. Yeah, uh, drifter yeah. people. We feel yeah, yeah. obligated. Right. The social contract. Yeah, as a duty to your community. Mm-hmm. Our podcast community. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's mostly podcaster people wandering around. Mm-hmm. Oh, not just like janitors and <laughs> stuff just, like that? And they're like, I thought I was scheduled today. And it's <laughs> like, no, do you mm-hmm. want to be our guest? That's really, so it's not that charitable. No, it's very selfish. <laughs> very selfish. It's perfect timing. How uh, have you been? I've been wonderful. I've been uh, been busy. I'm planning my 65-city tour, which is quite a undertaking. Name them all right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> It starts in, uh, I could, it would take a long time to do it, and I'd have to pull it up, but it starts in Arizona, and then I, I go straight through the south to the east coast, and then up the east coast, and then straight through the north to the west coast, and then we decided, it was going to be like 40 cities originally, and then we decided to tack on all the Midwest, and I'm going to end, um, well, and then I was going to end, and I'm from Wisconsin originally, and yeah, there yeah. for Christmas, and we decided to tack on some January stuff, too, because it just keeps on. The show's been well-received, and then the booking of the tour's been easier than we thought. So if you're That's ending great. in Wisconsin and you start in Arizona, you are doing alphabetically. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, hard. That's smart. Some of those flights. Um, I'm driving. I'm driving the whole thing. It's wow. going to be like three hours of driving every day. I have a show almost every day. I have a couple days off here and there. Um, I have... I have a few days off after the first week. I have a few days off around Halloween, a few days off for Thanksgiving, a long Christmas break. But other than that, it's going to be every other or every single day I've driving for like I've three hours. I've never done a t- Have you done tours like that? Where I've just- done like 15 or 20 cities with, with this. I mean, I'm a club comic usually. And then this show that I have about psychedelics called A Good Trip, all sorts of fun plugs I'm sneaking in. Do it. Um, <laughs> Uh, is uh, I I started it as like my uh, 
I told my agent I had all this material and years down the line I wanted to put together a show about this and she's like you should do it now just try I'll line you up a couple indie venues and um and we tried it and went went okay um and then worked on the marketing of it and then it was just like oh this will be a nice little thing I can do on like a Wednesday before the club or something just to tack an extra day on and then that show started becoming more successful um and i i was sometimes making more money on one wednesday night than um a week at a club <laughs> and uh and so we decided to put this tour together that's how larry the cable guy got started he was just doing a character yeah this redneck character right and then people were like we like larry the yeah character. i like to compare myself just, yeah, to larry yeah, the cable guy <laughs> as much as i possibly can but the difference I, is you have sleeves and i think that is key yeah yeah i think it's, it's important these are pretty clutch yeah i actually just i just watched um i just watched the jeff what well, i didn't watch it all the way through but the jeff foxworthy larry the cable There's guy new, thing yeah, yeah. it's yeah. called uh yeah, yeah, we've yeah. been thinking yes and so it's they them. have not they haven't been thinking, no. not full thoughts. No. They have premises, and they're like, they made a deal with Netflix where they just talk about these premises and sit in a chair. And, yeah. and they're not like, they're pretty well-worn premises. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, proctology exam, yeah. and like, my wife is crazy. and uh, It's a real bad comedy special. It's <laughs> <laughs> we were watching it in the writer's room the other day, and there's a real uh, love and celebration where I work of terrible things. Mm-hmm. Like they'll watch a well, whole they must terrible have been thing. Pumped. It <laughs> was so bad we turned it off. Really? It was. I mean, it, I shouldn't say so bad, but I feel like, uh, especially for me, sometimes when I watch comedy that feels so uninspired and so almost cynically um, lazy, that it it I it makes me sick. Yeah. Like it's like that's the thing I want to do well, and I don't often do well and don't work i'm very lazy i don't want to see those motherfuckers be no. lazy and get paid for it and i i've even seen like larry the cable guy have like some okay jokes and sure. stuff before yeah because like, roger rittenhouse yeah. writes for him that's yeah why. and, and de- definitely there's like some well-written jokes in there but i could not believe i mean jeff foxworthy's been out at for so long like yeah. how could you be this bad i don't know if he just <laughs> gave up or something like that but it was like such a relief when larry the cable guy was yeah. i was like oh my god thank <laughs> god larry the I'm, cable guy some I'm, energy I, some freshness i'm gonna <laughs> admit now that i watched yeah i watched the first five minutes and i couldn't take yeah it, anymore it I, was I really to, awful i skipped till it's kind of sad he seems like a real nice guy <laughs> and everything worked hard to put a good career together for himself and yeah. you know catering to a group of people that want to hear that type of stuff and yeah. you, they deserve comedy as well to, to see figuring him just out, have it be out the, so lazy the, the difficult yeah. world of uh, gas station merch yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. and how do you talk me through it sure. how do you crack that jeff get, be my courtesan into it help me <laughs> uh we were watching it and um uh, there was some premise. I'm killing myself trying to remember it, but it was a thing where everybody in the room. There was. An, it's not even all stand-up comics at this show or whatever. Everybody in the room was like, "Isn't that the oldest premise in the world?" Yeah. Like, what was it? Do you? Oh, was I mean, was I like, was I was pretty drunk when I watched it. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. it, it was actually. A, I was hanging out with. It was the same situation where it was like a couple comics around. They're like, eh, "Let's watch this," yeah. <laughs> which I don't normally like doing stuff like that, but I. I 
it was interesting just how that. incredibly bad it was i soberly decided to watch it one evening midday it was yeah. midday and midweek <laughs> and uh yeah it was something it makes me feel like um, television is really starting not to matter at all anymore. Like, they will put anything on. And it's that thing of like, oh, well, this is the person that made money before. Um, the deal we're going to make, because they already have money, so they don't care. So the deal is you can do whatever you want. And then they actually do whatever they want. I mean, if you're like a, if you're like my grandpa or something like that, and you just discovered Netflix and you watch that special, I mean, you're gonna have a great time. Sure. You know, and so I mean, there, there's a market for it. I mean, yeah. it's not. They're yeah, they're it's, huge names. They're they, they're making money off of that. I'm, of course. I'm sure. That's the given. It's like comedy for people who don't care that much about comedy. Yeah. Uh, people that find laughing because of their age painful. <laughs> 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 they want to g- keep I it to a mild giggle. Light. Other, otherwise, <laughs> you know, you know what happens with my leakage, Evelyn. I need something to bridge out of Fox <sighs> News and then back into Fox News later. <laughs> something. Uh, but yeah, mm. the comedic was... version of cotton in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> But God bless them, I'm sure. That yeah. Oh, yeah. Good you know, guys. All those that good feelings. Good fathers. Lies and lies. Good yeah. fathers, good parents. <laughs> <laughs> Great voters. Uh, Great voters. <laughs> Shane, you were t- when you were talking about that show, your, uh, is it the Good Trip show is the one yeah, you're talking about? Yeah. So will you talk a little bit about, is it DMT? Um, yeah. So my show is about psychedelics. Um, and uh, it's I, I like doing themed things. My last two albums have had a theme. Um, and this one just happens to be about psychedelics, which I am a fan of. And yeah, we were talking before the show about DMT, which is, that's a, that's a little, uh, it's an intense one to start off on. Um, <laughs> because DM, unlike mushrooms or LSD or something like that, that might make um, um, like this felt on this nice table here feel real nice or there was an or, episode where you felt the wall for a while i did she was tripping uh, that's because i'm on heroin all the time yeah Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'll feel good that was, a little heroin a little soft wall setting. Yeah. you can be there for three days karen's always tapping the pokey it's like, like it. a needle the i needle. like it. it's very tacky <laughs> i think tapping the pokey is the cutest way i've ever heard heroin described <laughs> as um so yeah dmt is um dimethyltryptamine more more people know of ayahuasca seems to make the news a bit more um people go down to peru and sit in uh, a shack with the shaman and, and like mike kaplan yeah yeah and uh um i gave mike dmt for his first time actually and he didn't it was too intense for him but he enjoys ayahuasca because um, DMT is the active ingredient in ayahuasca, and you smoke it, and it's just a 10-minute long, but ec- extremely intense. It's like the six-hour ayahuasca trip all boiled down into 10 it, minutes. Does it have the, the vomiting that everyone no, talks about? No, oh, and I've done, I've done a couple ayahuasca ceremonies. I did it after doing lots of DMT, and I found them to be very disappointing because uh, um, I was expecting it to be on uh, like DMT but like maybe a little slower and l- a little elongated um, and it was like it just felt like a strong mushroom trip to me and so so yeah people go down to Peru and um, like realize they need to get out of their cubicle and focus on pottery or whatever because they just puked all over their friend and um, it, but so apparently dimethyltryptamine some people think and 
the the science in any of this stuff is, because of because of how strictly it's regulated um, is is iffy. Um, but they think that it's uh, what makes you dream at night. It's naturally in your brain. That's what makes you dream at night, which I sort of believe because I've had some DMT trips where because. So normally you smoke DMT and you go to like a different world entirely. It's like a totally different place, um, completely foreign and different than anything. Are you anything. sleeping or is your are your eyes closed? No, your your eyes are usually closed. It helps, but if your eyes are open, you'll see the same stuff. But it's just like you'll see it over like this. This perception that we all see w- would be like a glare on that on that tv screen of dmt basically so it's just easier to see if your eyes are closed um and it kind of wraps around you and um you feel like you're a part of it um but it's a a lot of like fractals and shapes and odd colors and tunnels that you're flying through and that sort of thing and like weird hologram like um like hologram like cities and stuff like that and um and these these strange like this bizarre like architecture and in like this kind of hyperspace it's uh it's exceptionally intense it's very very intense and and so but but i have seen um but i have seen like dreams like um like me and my girlfriend walking down a street or something like that in a DMT trip before. So that's what leads me to believe that maybe they're onto something with that. And then they think it gets released in high volumes right before you die. And that's why if people are lucky enough to be revived, they have all these stories of seeing these bright lights and sure. God and all that, which I get because you do see like if you smoke enough of it, especially over time, you'll see like beings and all these weird things that are communicating. The with white you. light, the, the, the walk. You yeah, can't usually walk into it's that. purple, you but walk into it. yeah, yeah. No, you know. I, I stay away from that. Stay away from the light. Yeah, yeah. The, the old adage <laughs> yeah. from Poltergeist. Uh, or those sunglasses. God rest. Uh, I can't remember her name, but the actress. Heather O'Rourke. Yes, the, I knew you'd know it. She <laughs> was also in Sixteen Candles. But yeah, I did. Uh, so I've done that like um, probably like ninety times or so. But 90. I did. I yeah. Yeah, but I did ayahuasca like uh, twice, um, t- two times in a row, and I thought it was silly. I thought it was like a bunch of people kidding themselves. And by the way, I don't think that it's like gods and stuff that you're seeing. Actually, I just think it's what it looks like. I just think it's what the inner workings of the mind look like. I think it's very much like the movie Inside Out, which is a cute little <laughs> children's representation, mm-hmm. but I really do think that that's what the brain is doing. I have a science podcast called Here We Are. I travel around and talk with scientists about life. And uh, I'm into neuroscience and stuff. And I do think that there's there's different... We all have to wear, like, many hats in life. And we, like, you have to be a, a child and then a, and a parent. And you have to be dating and monogamous or, you know, or a co-worker or friend. And, and to do that, your brain needs all of these different mechanisms. And you have to have these kind of different personalities at different times. And I think that they're stored somewhere in your non-conscious, kind of living down there and running these simulations for future... Um, mm. fu- kind of like, you, you know, when... when as a comedian, you'll sometimes be like, or, or when I was a kid, especially before I was a comedian, getting like picked on at the schoolyard or whatever, I, I'd be like, oh, next time that happens, I'll know just what to say. And then you kind of fantasize about that situation. I do that every day with every, I, most. Yeah. I, I think, live in it. I think we all do. <laughs> and I think that that's, exa- that's what's happening in the non-conscious world. And it's just like, it looks so bizarre when 
because it's not like this at all, that it looks like you're seeing like space or these different dimensions or aliens or whatever it might be, but I don't think that's the case. So if I were, would you suggest, you think they're unrelated, this ayahuasca thing, like it wouldn't be a good thing to do before you did something like DMT? Cause I, maybe. I maybe I, I might have ruined ayahuasca for myself by doing going sure. skipping straight to the yeah, chase. Yeah, I think that's certainly. what you're describing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm worried that, I'm worried that if I, because I'm not afraid to do these things, and I'd yeah. like to open my mind, but I don't want to see my whole family melting or something. Like, I don't mm. want to see bad things I'm worried about. Yeah, I mean, the thing with psychedelics is, like, they're not necessarily a pleasurable thing. They certainly can be, and very euphoric and whatnot, and, and like, you know, you can have a fourth of july party and have a lot of fun or whatever but usually when i are you talking about I my do, fourth july I, I am um, <laughs> um which was a wonderful time Wasn't that a by the way time? that was that was fantastic yeah, nate, was nate craig can't be stopped um <laughs> he won't be stopped he will not be he shan't be <laughs> um but yeah i mean you can do it in a party situation like that and i do once in a while but to me most of the time, I'm not getting the Facebook reference. That's Sorry. Joke. That's fine. <laughs> um, um, but uh, I, I, I usually use psychedelics as like a meditative therapeutic aid. I like to do them by myself by yourself, and sit yeah. and write. And if I'm with other people, I always feel like I'm like, I always feel like I need to be like the caregiver or like, like people think I'm going to be like their spirit guide yeah. or something like that. And I just like, I'd rather not have the responsibility and it kind of takes me out of it. People have brought, when drug talk comes up, uh, your name comes up as someone that sh you should do it with you. This, this girl in Austin said uh, that you were her guide on some DMT, probably. DMT. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember her name. But no, what's the drug? Funny. That was just a week ago. Have yeah, you ever seen those happens. those YouTube videos where people take a hit? There's a really kind of famous YouTube video where it's a guy and a girl in the living room, and they both take a hit off this pipe, and then they both start freaking out almost immediately and the guy jumps, jumps out, out a window. window yeah yeah what's that drug i have no idea it's, it's yeah i don't it's not dmt i don't no think. no it's like a uh, dmt you are you're sitting just like i'm sitting right now like you're not moving you forget that you have a body like oh. you don't you don't remember like sometimes i'm in there and i'm like oh oh wait okay i'm i'm a i'm a human i'm ashamed i just <laughs> Uh, this DMT stuff. I'm sitting in a couch right now. You'll just completely You're not flying through space. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, yeah, you would be immobile. So oh, okay. I, yeah. I can't even... I Maybe I need to... But I can't... Even when I smoke... In the past, I've smoked weed a bunch. And I, I don't like losing control in that way. I don't, I don't like know, weed that much. I, I feel know. out of control on weed more than anything. Me but too. Anyway, go ahead. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't like... I don't mind edibles really. if it's a light dosage because it's more of a body buzz kind of a thing. But just, I'm not a big weed guy, actually. It just makes me doubt everything. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, it's, uh, there's a lot of paranoia. And yeah. Weird, like, it's... The enjoyment... I like it fine. But the enjoyment is, like, usually 50%. No, I'd say the enjoyment is, like, 42%. And the possibility of just, like, weird, bad feeling is 68%. Is that the right math? Yeah. It's it's just like that weird thing where I'm yeah. like, it's a real roll of the dice. Yeah. It really is for me, too. And I, I feel like I can be a socially awkward person anyway. Right. And I feel like we really can bring that. Out. Sometimes oh, it's sure. just fantastic, but it but it can really bring that out of me. And I feel like it just slows me down. And I mean, 
I'm, I'm very grateful for weed. Weed was, was like a big part of my life for like three or four years, I think. It was like the first drug that I really latched on to and really changed the way that I look at life, and I'm grateful for it, but I kind of, I got sick of it um, yeah. and was, I didn't like quit or anything like that. I just got bored with it. It's funny yeah. to me that marijuana is like a, a pain aid for people with cancer because when I'm high, I think that every feeling in my body is potential cancer. <laughs> really? When I'm high, I'm like, oh, Yeah, you get all paranoid and start shutting. What is this? I have like a bubble here. I oh, know. that's a cancer bubble, yeah. Yeah, cancer yeah. bubble. Very <laughs> and that guy's a cop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I've, Nate Craig. I've tripped like <laughs> so hard and everything else so many times, but I've never felt like I was going to die before except on weed. I was like, am I going <laughs> to die? Like, yeah. How many times I remember playing uh, like dominoes with my friend and we got super high and then I was like, "Um, I can't breathe. I think I'm having a heart attack. And it was Jeremy Kramer. He goes, do you want me to take you to the emergency room? And then I was like, no. (laughs) It was just like suddenly I realized like there's no way you're having as a 20. I was like 26. Like you're not having a heart attack. Yeah. No matter how high you are, you can't ignore that condescending tone. Yes. Like, oh, thank you for oh, snapping me up. That's right. It's the only thing that would have worked. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Well, and then and then there's some people that function really well on weed and they're and they're funny and they get lots of work done mm, and yeah. they're, they're like high function. I have a I have a friend in Portland who um I, I, he smokes dabs, which dab smokers I are still the don't craziest. Know what that is. It's just very, very high concentrated marijuana. It's just processed a little differently. It's just a tar based, and and it, it's ridiculous because then you, <laughs> you need whole setups to do it. You need like a big glass bong and like a blowtorch and like all this fucking Jesus. It's stupid, um, but it, but it's just like it, it's just normal weed times probably ten or something like that, and he no, he you. wakes oh. up in the morning, starts smoking dabs, and. I give him a hard time for, it. and and we're I haven't known him for that long, but he, um, we were, we were playing a board game one day, and I and he was just that's doing how like I know really you're stupid, high. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just doing like really stupid stuff and like not understanding. I'm like, I'm like Joe, you you smoke too many dabs, man, and then he's like. <laughs> No, I haven't had a dab in a while. It's been too long. And he went, smoked a dab, and then he was just normal again. And oh, like, I he don't can't like that. function without That's a it. bad sign. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, not a, that's a bad there, sign. Uh, the opener for Larry the Cable Guy, I think he quit, the Shannon McLaughlin guy. Do you remember him? No. He was a young He had a bad hip. I have a bad hip. He had a bad hip. But he got high before every show, and he he insisted that he needed it he was a great comic mm. and uh but I can't he got high it. and it scared the hell out of me that he was dependent on being high while yeah. he did stand up but you, that scares me yeah I, like, oh, have you, you ever been high on stage I, a couple times yeah. and it was not fun it, yeah yeah it, I've, I've done it probably 20 times and most of them like kind of goof off shows where i yeah. didn't yeah like, there's just These like goof off shows. It, in passing like i was i was just kind of stopping through on my way to do other things to do a quick spot you know, i get like high whenever pressure. i do a big show in Vegas, like, hoping he's still horrifying. I, I think I've had like 10 good experiences and 10 pretty, uh, very uncomfortable experiences, and it's just not worth that yeah. chance at all. So I think you can get into a rhythm and feel like you're, oh, I have opened something up. I am saying things that maybe I'd be apprehensive about, but then you get stopped and your brain will go, how about you just are blank for a half a minute yeah, yeah. yeah i can't remember any of your thoughts and that's what makes me mad about weed i hate that you can't uh i want to get into it 
because, uh, you know, I'd like to be a person that doesn't drink. For a long time, you drank, right? And then you stopped. I stopped for like three years. I drink again now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I Yeah, I quit for like three. I, and I drink for the most part like a normal person now. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I, I have some wild nights here and there, but I haven't gotten myself into any trouble. I, I haven't had any like red flags or anything since I've started uh, drinking again. It was when I, it was, uh, so I broke my feet a couple years ago and both feet. Both. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hiking. Can you tell that story? Real yeah. Quick? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was, um, I was hiking. I made an album about it called my big break. Um, I, I like, like I said, I like doing themed things, Theme, but, yeah, yeah. um, I was hiking with a friend. I was in the best shape of my life. I hadn't been drinking for at least two years. I, I never like. I didn't like mark my calendar. I wasn't in LA getting chips or anything like that. Yeah. I just didn't feel like it, and it felt like it was affecting my life. But um, hadn't hadn't smoked cigarettes in like three years, and and I'd been working out. Uh, I was like way into rock climbing, and for like the first time in my entire life, I've never been in shape in my entire life. <laughs> and I had about a year where I was in like really great shape. And um, and just way too much confidence. <laughs> and I was hiking in Sedona, Arizona, with a friend who uh, wanted to take this shortcut that his that his wife would never let him take. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's oh. the here was part of the problem too. He was like this big. He was like four hundred pounds. Like his whole life, he's been like crazy obese. And then he he did this. He's a really, really, really strange dude, um, and he's like married to a psychic and stuff. And okay. he he decided to he looked up this like bulletproof diet sort of thing or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, he just drank coffee with butter in it, yeah, and didn't eat what for like I think it was like thirty days or something like that, and he lost. All of his weight. Yeah. Like, just like that. He and lost muscle mass. It, it, yeah, I mean, sure. who knows how much muscle he had. I did that, that lemon and cayenne thing for 15 days, and I felt like... My you didn't eat anything? No, I just drank the the lemon. Yeah, and, that's and what, what is that like? Uh, it was amazing. There's pine cones shooting out of me. <laughs> I was like, well, that was cancer also. but And I had energy. And I wasn't... After a while, after... Seven days of it, I wasn't really hungry, but it was a frantic energy, like that I didn't know what to do with it, and I could tell my arm, my muscles. Were yeah, there's atrophying. supposed to be some ketosis thing and stuff. That it's it's not an area of science that I know anything Started about. Started to feel whatever that is, but I could tell that my muscles were wilting away, but my guts, like I, it was like I, my body had become a filtration system. Yeah, well, were, were, what were water you was coming at, at this point or something like I, that, or were you? That's Did you lose thing. weight? No, not really. Five pounds or something. Because if I I don't like have five pounds to lose. If I I want to like add weight. I've been freakishly skinny my whole life. I'm self conscious about it, and uh, and that would that would worry me. I mean, I get the idea of. I mean, we do put a lot of garbage in us, and like the idea of a cleanse sounds like a. But it seem it, it also seems real crazy. The colon, all that stuff, it was good. Well, right. well but I've never friend. heard of the butter coffee. Well, the you know what's cool about that is the butter coffee thing because I tried that bulletproof coffee one time, and there was something about it because I have a I'm I quit sugar recently and it's a hard thing to do. But once you do it, especially if you're an overweight person, 
one you lose the craving of sugar and that which is the thing that keeps you compulsively eating and once that's gone it's the weirdest feeling to not have that like monkey on your back that it's easy oh we're addicted to sugar no doubt about it yeah but i think it's there's like an allergy when you're like a person that becomes obese and has that kind of system Mm -hmm. it's like this allergy where you can't have any because the amount you have it's like uh, you exponentially want to eat more and more of anything just to get the sugar in you. So mm. once you're clean of it, like if you did bulletproof coffee for 20, 30 days, then that would totally be out of your system. And then it would be like, yeah, you can drop all the weight you want because you you don't have like the addiction anymore. I, I will wow. say in like my health kick I did because I was in CrossFit in the place I was at did this whole life challenge thing. And I was like, I didn't want to do it. I wasn't interested. And they just kind of like, bullied me into it basically <laughs> and I, you know, I was trying to be very open-minded and and i i wasn't interested in dieting or or anything like that because i eat healthy enough anyway and but i did they're very strict like you know no sugar no artificial stuff and it was like very um i don't know it, it, it was very um um uh why am i forgetting like paleo-ish i guess yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and um and and it was, I have to admit, the best I ever felt in yeah. my entire life. I had so much energy. I was so sharp and smart. Like, I think now, I mean, I, I do feel foggy sometimes, just like eating, if I eat, if I'm on the road. And, you know, I got this, I'm worried about this tour because when you're driving Chicken like fingers. that, you don't want, you just want to fucking keep going it's and get to the destination. Yeah. And I definitely, it does create like some sort of fog in my head um, oh it's terrible it's poison it causes yeah. inflammation and it makes your brain swell up and all all your other shit swell up it's i mean i'm like the weird born again <coughs> christian about it now because right. i'm like oh it's i'm just so happy you so feel happy. great and look great yeah thank you um i definitely feel great i like so much i was like just constantly sleeping i was basically just like always eating sugar and sleeping all the time and i was like this is bad i news. sleep a lot <laughs> Sleeping's good for the most part. Sleeping's good for you. I love naps. Naps are. I think there should be more napping. I don't think people realize how great naps are. It's the best. Um, Except for when you do a too long one, and then you're just fucked. Those I do about. I do about twenty five minutes. Oh, like if you fall asleep for three hours in the middle of the day, yeah. and then like uh, when I wake up, I don't know where yeah. I am, and I don't know my I past like, or future. I love when I take an afternoon nap and I wake up right around bedtime. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the worst feeling. <laughs> um, but when I was in Spain, though, they, they restaurants closed at three, like at siesta time, and they everyone went and took naps. Yeah, it's really good for the brain. People really underestimate what the non-conscious brain is doing. Um, when I work, I, I do this uh, like Pomodoro technique, which is uh, very simple. It's just you got to find your range, but it's like around twenty to thirty minutes where you just focus on. And also, twenty to thirty minutes doesn't seem like a very long time to just like, okay, I'll just clean or study this or whatever for 30 minutes or whatever. And that's it. And then you stop. No, you just have to stop. Don't go, don't push it past that. And then you just take like a five or 10 minute break and do whatever you want. Just busy yourself with other things. Get your mind off of it for five or 10 minutes, come back to it and then just keep on doing that throughout the day because your non-conscious brain's doing all the work it's what's coming up with you know you're grinding out a joke or you have some good joke idea and then you're like 
or you have a bad joke idea mm-hmm. rather, and then you're like, ah, eh, screw that. You forget about it. You you just like that'll never work. It d- doesn't enter your mind again. A month later, it pops back into your head. Just the best idea that you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like, what's it doing down there? You know, and and so you need to you need to give that non-conscious. Um, yeah, some... I don't know. Is there a pamphlet? Do you have a pamphlet? Yeah, on that? what? It's the Pomodoro method. Yeah, it's a. You can look it up. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Um, it's just technique. giving it's your just... full attention to one thing. Um, yeah, for for just. For anything you want. So I'll have like a to-do list or whatever. So I'll be like, okay, this one I'll do for, I I usually set my alarm for like 23 minutes. And then when it goes off, I can keep working for like five minutes if I'm like right in in the flow of something. And then just take a break. And so with my my science podcast, the easiest way for me to keep up with, because I I have a broad array of topics is... I take as many like online courses as I can. I don't do homework or anything. I just watch the lectures and try to just get a brief um, synopsis of the information. And, and I took this class, learning how to learn through Course Era, mm-hmm. and they talked a lot about that. That's, that's where I got that from. Oh, wow. But I've I've talked with other scientists who've told me that they use it as well. It works really well. And and because I have a hard time like. If you're like, okay, I got to do this whole to-do list. Well, if that's like eight hours, like just to get motivated, you'll put it off and put it off. But to do like 20, 30 minutes of work, like anyone will sit down and yes, do that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so let's go back to my feet. Yeah, my yeah, friend yeah. <laughs> is, um, so he, um, so I guess it's not th- that crazy what he did to do this weird diet. but it, And he's feeling the best he's ever felt in his life. He's been this huge person his whole life and now all of a sudden he's normal you say he was three four hundred pounds how big I th- was he i think he was close to 400 that's a big um that's a big person and now and then he, he got down to like a little over 200 i think and so for the first time in his life like he could do stuff yeah and so he's getting really active and doing all this jujitsu and like all this other stuff and even started doing a little bit of rock climbing and but he didn't know how high he could jump from because he just had never been able to like jump off things before and he thought he was superman and so he was like convinced that this one jump would be okay down to the shortcut and i was like ah that's too high and he's like no no we can make it and i was like ah and he was like really committed to it and i was like well why don't i at least try it first because (laughs) i i can i've been jumping for a few years yeah i've been uh, like and I, I love heights. I'm not averse to heights. And and I was in great shape, too much confidence, and I tried it, and I broke both of my heels, and one of them exploded. Uh. And I had to crawl down a mountain for a few hours, which sucked because it's too steep for anyone to really help me. Um, and, uh, yeah, kind of... Uh, but you had, when I saw you, I saw you in the airport somewhere. Yeah, we, I was in a wheelchair. Here. Wasn't I? At that point, you had you were walking around, but your feet had this open... Oh, I had the vacuum you had on to my maintain foot. some open wound. Oh, you yeah. Had like a... So, so the break wasn't. I mean, it was it was the worst part, but like more shit hit the fan afterwards. And so I I had to. And I couldn't care for myself, and, and my play. You, you were at my old place in Malibu. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, it has all the steps to get up. So I couldn't like. There's no way I could like get groceries up or anything. So I had to move into my parents' basement for three months and have them take care of me. And uh, and the and the one foot was not just not that big of a deal at all. It's just like a little chip. But the other one was it was serious. And they told me before they did the surgery, they were debating. They, they were like, we don't know if we can 
we should even do this surgery because it's so invasive and and but the, the your bones just you'll never walk right again if we don't do it and so we did the surgery and they did a great job with it but but just because of because of where where it was so this is where they cut in on my foot there's yeah, just yeah. like a uh um a, a dippy very oh, yeah, yeah. prevalent so that's where that scar. hole was so they they did the surgery and then i got on the road again and it's like okay you know I'm, I'm sure i'll recover from this and then um i didn't know it but i got a bone infection and they warned me that that might be the case because they didn't this didn't seal properly so there was still like it's a wound eating there chicken fingers stitching. on the road <laughs> it was because of chicken fingers <laughs> you were and, rubbing them in there <laughs> and when i got the bone infection that bone infections are can be very serious yeah, that's, stuff yeah. and i almost lost my foot they were worried about it and so then i had to get another surgery and they had to just cut out where that hole was they just cut off like as much of my foot as they could and took all the metal out and everything which they were going to leave in um originally and then they uh, and then so then three so then i had this well before i had the vacuum I had three times a day. I a had vacuum to, is not literally a mechanism that is sucking, but a tube or something. Like it's open air, letting air in, right? No, it's an actual vacuum. Good lord! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's noisy and stuff, and you're carrying it around with you, and and um, it's it's also it's also like a tube. I would put it like through my pants because otherwise it would get caught on things and so people would see me come into a restaurant they and thought you were like wearing a weird stadium thing. Oh. yeah <laughs> and then there's a tube going into my pants and it's like i almost had to explain to people like sorry sorry to ruin your dinner it's not it's not this like poop or anything <laughs> it's just a, a foothole with uh infected <laughs> yeah. just bones pus. just bone stuff yeah <laughs> i had to bathroom three times a day i had to before that that vacuum thing is amazing actually but before that i had uh i had to uh, I'm a little bitter about our healthcare system from this. I had to, because um, they like basically my insurance kicked me out of the hospital, um, and I had to pull all the gauze out of my foothole, like put rubber gloves on and a mask and everything. I had to, I had to hook myself up to IVs. Um, what? Yeah, three times a day. I had to like Google how to do half the shit, and then I had to pull all this gauze out of my foot, and then I had to like clean off my own bone. <laughs> uh, Hold on. Did, yeah. did the doctors knew that you did this? Yeah, and they they were like originally I was gonna be in the hospital for like two weeks or so maybe, and they were gonna like really take care of me. And then they came in after like a few days, and they're like, "Your insurance thinks you're better, so they're saying that you need to leave." What and the fuck? Give you oh, like weird. The doctors care. didn't go. We. They're like, they can't do anything. Sorry. Yeah. It was uh, it sucked. I did I did get a home nurse that would come once a day and do it for me, and I'd have to do it the other two times. It was a Is nightmare. Is that how you learned how to, you just watched her do it? Uh, yeah, she taught me how to do it a little bit, and then and then like some of the IVs. I remember the first night I have these IVs, and I'm like, there's bubbles in these IVs. I can't have this. What happens? It, like now I'm in my head. I'm like, do you die if there's? A, that turns yeah, out that's yeah. not really a thing. Um, but you don't want bubbles in there. No. Um, and. Uh, but it will oxygenate and all this stuff. But um, it, yeah, it was uh, it was a nightmare. It was it, it so it was every eight hours too, and it took like two hours for the IV and to do all this stuff. So it was like 
I could never sleep for more than like five hours at a time. Or get either. a lot of work done or make no, money. I, I or... couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> do anything, and uh, it was it was really hard. I remember, I remember like you know you'd manage you I'd, I'd change it out. I'd put like a plastic thing over my foot so I could take my crutches into the shower and shower, and then go out to like Ugh. do a show in L.A. And then I'd I'd uh, I, I remember. And I was like handling it, I was managing it, and then, uh, and then I remember like there'd just be times where I'd be like put my shoe on and like holding a little loop, and then like the loop snapped, and it was just like, no, <laughs> not that like any little thing that I wasn't prepared for was just like too much it was just uh, the the straw that breaks the camel's back, God. and so. I got through all that, didn't lose my foot, and then I got on a cane, and then I was like, okay, light at the end of the tunnel. And then after a few weeks, I realized that every other step that I take in life is going to hurt. And um, and then I had like a bit of a mental breakdown, and, uh, and then my brother was going to Vegas for his first time. I was supposed to meet him out there. And I was so depressed. And I've had like chronic depression my whole life, so I'm like used to it. It's not that big of a deal for me. But this was like really unmanageable, and I was like thinking about checking myself into a fucking institution and stuff. And um, and I then and I was gonna cancel on my brother, and then I was like, I'll just go and I'll just have some drinks, and then I'll be fine. And that's when I started drinking again. It was it was uh, it saved me from having like a mental breakdown. Actually, <laughs> you it needed really, some really kind did. of like I needed escape. some sort of release. Yeah, and because that's too uh, so, that's yeah. so much to deal with in a consistent way. That's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, that's intense. So yeah, when you, when you say you're gonna have pain when you walk every time, do you still do you have pain now when you it's, walk? It's it's um, I do. It's you know, it's it's not really even worth complaining about that. I I would say that it's bad enough where if I really wanted to, I could get a handicap sticker, but I would be an asshole for doing it. It's definitely <laughs> it's definitely not. They that should bad. use that instead of the one through ten thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you had would a you handicap an sticker, sticker <laughs> how much of an asshole would you feel? I if a guy. I I mean I have so out of a month I'll just get hit with like three or four really bad days like right in a row and I can't. I can't exactly pick up on what's triggering it. But other than that, it's really, it's not that bad. And how long ago did that happen? This is like two years ago in May. Oh, shit, yeah. recently. Yeah, not, not too long ago. Wow. Yeah, it, it changed my life. But I got a really good album out of it, and it kind of like <laughs> reset, um, it kind of reset my approach to comedy. Because when I started, I just did not give a fuck about comedy. Uh, I mean, like about like bombing. Like I would take all the chances in the world. Yeah. And I, I like your, I like your old jokes though. Yeah, yeah. But you, there was a point no, where you I, switched it up. Yeah, I I loved I loved my old jokes too. And but it was because like I I mean I just like did not give a like if the audience laughed or not. I would try out new material all the time, and I was like so brave when i started and then something about like you start making a living and then there's pressure you don't want to get in trouble with the club and it started affecting my act and then my first whack at kind of putting um putting together a theme show which is what i wanted to try to do was it became a special on netflix called mating season which i wasn't totally uh jazzed about it wasn't it it just wasn't me and um i i tried to make it very accessible and it ended up being i had much more challenging material but i i thought like i wanted to get a broad audience and it just it just wasn't i still like a lot of the stuff and whatever but 
But when I broke my feet, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do what I like to do. I'm just, I'm not going to cater to the audience anymore. And I needed that because like my career is in much better shape now than it it was then. Yeah, because the the less, I mean, like in all different ways, people learn that, but there is no broad audience. It's like you have to get up and do what you're authentically supposed to be talking about. That's the only reason people are going to want to watch you. Oh, I can't talk about psychedelics for for an hour and a half, which is how long my show is, to just a random comedy club audience, which is right. very understandable. Right. If I if I went to a comedy club, I wouldn't want to see a comic get up and talk about like NASCAR for the whole time. Yeah, if, yeah. if I didn't yeah. know that's what was happening, and and so. But the people who but, do want to hear about it are fascinated. Yeah, like and, it, and the uh, and the the level of enthusiasm how, for it. And how do you find that? So how did you go about booking this tour? Then what it, you is a, a lot of it at comedy clubs? Or are you doing other? I'm doing comedy clubs on off nights, like Tuesday, yeah, yeah. you know, Sundays, Wednesdays. Where so, you'll mix it up, probably. Yeah, and I'm doing material wise. But I'm pretty much the only comedy clubs I'm doing are, are pretty much only like the best ones in the country. Like I'm doing all the Heliums, mm-hmm. all their locations um, in in Philly and uh, Albany and in Portland, and I'm doing uh, Denver Comedy Works, which is amazing, and Comedy on State. And um, and there, there's a few uh, Columbus Funny Bone. There's a few other good ones that I'm uh, that I didn't get in, but it, like um, Hilarities in Cleveland. So those are the bigger ones that I'm doing. But most of what I'm doing is like music venues. Mm-hmm. I'm also doing some small like on Mondays, doing like a coffee shop or like a pizza joint or something like yeah. that. But predominantly, well, how it's do you a promote it though? Venue. If you're not, if you don't want people to just go to see, I figured out how to target the psychedelic community. Basically, I um, actually I just. Uh, tell you my secret i um what happened was i was trying all sorts of different marketing things and like i once i got the show together i knew i was on to something and like the reaction i get like i do a show or my regular show people are like hey nice job a good picture you know shake your hand or whatever i do this show there'd be like a line of people like wanting to tell me their stories wanting to ask me questions i'm like this is something special but i didn't know how to whether or not there was an audience was completely dependent on how well the venue marketed because no one knew who I was. And I had some really nice artwork that caught the eye and everything else done by my good friend Ramin Nazer, who's an amazing artist. Yeah, he's um, the best. And his, his, this poster that he made for me really helped. Um, just little things like that, tweaking the name. And, and, and then I figured out, um, I tried some Facebook ads and they were going like, eh, it was helping a little bit. I couldn't really tell. And then I actually had like this angel come into my life, this fan of mine, Matt Steinberg in Austin, who caught my Austin show and believed in what I was doing. And he worked in the Facebook ads department. Oh, shit. And he just figured out for me how to target like the psychedelic community on Facebook. And ever since then, I've just been filling rooms. And, and so that guy used so to be incredibly... He was an Austin comic, right? Michael Steinberg? No, Matt, Matt Steinberg. Oh, uh, no, Matt, his brother Matt. Yeah, different. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so since then, it's been successful. So it was like six months of figuring that out. And then after that, it's been really successful. I use a lot of other weird tricks, too. Um, but And so because it's been so successful, my agent's like, let's, let's put together a little tour. It's going to be 30 cities at first and ended up being 65. So it's... Very exciting. This is the most exciting thing I've leave, done in my career. Like in October? Yeah, it right? starts uh, October 
the first Monday in October, if that's the second or third, starts in um, Arizona. Flagstaff, Arizona. Flags. And, and yeah, you said you're driving, place. but you keep saying we. Or is, is someone going to be with you? Did I say we? Well, um, like when you were talking, you were saying we were planning or whatever. Oh, so my agent picking. and I. My oh, okay. Agent and I, so yeah. are you driving by yourself? Yeah, the yeah, I am. I, I, uh, I, I wanted... If I do this again next year with with like a, a follow up or something like that, um, I will hopefully be able to afford an RV because right now I have just a shitty. I'm a broke comic with a shitty uh, um, uh, 08 Hyundai Elantra that's been very good to me. 08's a good year. <laughs> that's, um, that's my fit. But yeah, Honda Fit. That's my Accord. It's getting that mileage where it's like. Something's going to go wrong <laughs> at some point, and I don't want it to be on this tour. Uh, but it sucks to, I would like just a, even just a van so I could just pull over and take a nap mm. uh, to split things up or have a desk to write some jokes quick when you have yeah, ideas yeah. would be so amazing. D- to have a closet so I don't need to have like iron my clothes all the time. Like there would be so many nice things. Now it's like if you're in your car, you want to take a nap. It's like pull over in the rest area, recline. Your, you're still sitting in the same chair. It's yeah. not really a break for your back or whatever. So, But, yeah, I'm excited not about it. Not to mention all the, through it. all the things you got to do in a rest, rest yeah. stop bathroom. Yeah, Thank all you. of the things. Just sitting there twiddling your thumbs <laughs> on the other side of the glory hole waiting for <laughs> waiting, that dick to waiting. pop through. And it's like, come on. <laughs> I need a recharge here. <laughs> That's how I get my energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. I have been there. Like Pac-Man. <laughs> Pac-Man pellets. That's terrific. Um, um, um. Have you ever played uh, four-player Pac-Man in the arcades? Ooh, it's real I good. I think it's tabletop. Yeah. Yeah, I have. It's got four things, and you eat On each, each other. It's... The best arcade game I've, I've ever played. I've seen a joystick. It's so great. On each side. You go to Bridgetown a lot, right? Yeah. Comedy Festival? I the, never You don't I do never, the arcade I thing? I never went. Yeah. I never went. To do you not like right. that arcade? There was a line. Yeah. Oh, I see. There was a see. line I couldn't get in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> so, a good game. I highly recommend it. It's a fun one. I played that one back it's in like the day. It's like $5,000 for one. Like, I looked into whatever. Why would it cost five thousand dollars for one stupid game? Like, why can't they just? Oh, they're taking advantage of people own. because remember when Pete made his? Did you ever see that Pac-Man game Pete made? I made one of those too. I, did you really? I just had the cabinet from an old arcade game, and I put my TV. I put my TV and and the joystick turned on the TV, and then where the coins were was where I had my VCR and huh. and uh, DVD. It was well. Uh, even the, he actually he made a it. real one, yeah. like out of wood and whatever. Like it looked like a real Pac-Man machine, but it was all of like sourced parts or whatever. And it probably cost him at the most five hundred dollars. And the fact, so the fact that they're charging people five grand is purely like taking advantage of rich people. Oh yeah, rich yeah. like Gen Xers or whatever. Have you guys played? I just played a few days ago. The uh, the vibe, the virtual reality. By the way, I'm not. Like, I love video games, but I'm not a gamer because if I ever own a system, like, my life's just over. I'll just, I'll die in front of the video game. Yeah, um, I'm, I've am i never been into video games either, but I have one, I've skateboarding one on my phone and I can't stop playing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy I am Every I have... time I, there's a lull, I start playing it like a 15-year-old kid. Well, this vibe is like, because there was the Oculus Rift or whatever, and yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of problems with it because you get motion sickness and whatnot, but they, they corrected some of that and they made all the graphics better and this thing is like I did this paint program you just like you 
paint a, you use a brush or sparks or whatever and you're just like painting in the air and then you can walk through it and oh my people goodness. like oh. paint whole ships and then you can like walk inside and look around and you can graffiti it and all oh of this stuff God. and there's like shooters and you're like taking a bow and arrow and and pulling back and shooting at uh things and like dodging their stuff like the matrix and whatnot it is the future is amazing so you and you're, don't really and you can need play it with other people as well like <laughs> you can play paintball games and stuff with other people online trash talking and whatnot. That's crazy. Yeah, the future is incredible. I, and I haven't seen it, but I guess the porn is yeah, incredible. No, like you're standing in, in it, in someone's room while you're, they're... I, you yeah, just you're standing in their vagina. Learn how to be a proctologist. Yeah. I Or I'm sorry, you know, the OBGYN. <laughs> I, uh, uh, Duncan Trestle <laughs> you know, had... the proper one. The, Duncan Trestle had the Oculus Riff. Thing that uh, yeah. like three years ago, yeah, and I tried it on. It was like a sample mode, yeah. And there is a house plant in the corner of this room that you look around. And it's just like Tron World. It just was expanded forever. That's... And then I looked under this plant, and I could see under a leaf. And I was like, "Oh, that's too much." Yeah. <laughs> that was enough for me. It was I, too, you could too look advanced. Under there was a plant. I'm like, "Cool, a 3D plant." And then I looked under it, and there's like the veins. Of the wow, leaf, and I it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> That's where I did it actually. But he's upgraded his system, he has the new one. Oh, yes, yeah. no, he was so into it that yeah. I'm like, uh oh, yeah, yeah, it's just him in a, in a deprivation chamber <laughs> yeah, wearing yeah. that. Have you ever done one of those deprivation tam- chambers? No, he told me that we should, but I've been scared. I'm Remember just, that you meditate? one year at uh, I want to, no, one year at Bridgetown, they gave away coupons to do. The, I remember uh, that, yeah. And I was like considering it. I kept going back and forth, and then I just was like, I just can't handle it. You know I, what? Why don't you try it? I want to do, try do it. an hour and a half and just have no no expectations for it because you're probably just going to think it's like a little lame and boring, especially if you've never meditated. But aren't and you I totally tried meditating a little bit? Aren't you in the total dark in the yeah. water? Yeah, no but sound, it's really and nice you're floating and on salt water. Y- yeah. I think it's great. I did it on mushrooms, and it was the best trip that I've ever had. Um, <laughs> that was my fourth and last. The last float that I had was on mushrooms. It was it was wonderful. Um, but I've done it three other times without it. The first time I was just like trying to meditate the whole time, and it was great. It was like meditation, like on steroids, which is a weird sounding thing to say. And then the second time, um, I was I was just. I got a little more used to it. And then the third time, I'm like, I'm just going to let my mind do whatever it wants to do. I'm not going to worry about like trying to focus on my breathing or whatever. I'll just be in there and think. And I came up with all this great material and that I remembered afterwards and wrote down. And it's part of my act now. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think nah, it's, I uh, I think it's pretty good. Uh, well, it's so expensive. It's like, oh, is it? I mean, it's. I, I don't think I would ever do it again. I mean, once in a while, someone throws me a, f- a free float or something like that because I've had like a float guy on my podcast and whatnot. But um, it is really expensive. I, I would. What's a hundred bucks? I think it's like seventy-ish. Yeah, yeah, I want to say for yeah, like an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah. I, which is worth it if you're on mushrooms. And but otherwise, I'm not sure. Yeah, and you get a massage. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in does the your tank? Feet. Yeah, someone there's just someone feet. in there. And you can't some, see him. Just some feet <laughs> massage. That'd <laughs> nope. be nice. That'd nope. be nice. I uh, think. Well, I think part of my hesitation is because I have epilepsy or seizure disorders, what they call it in really in the modern time. Mm-hmm. I've never met anyone with epilepsy Hi. before. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> How often does it 
uh, how often do you get it? How often does it strike? My um, medicine controls it almost entirely. The only time I uh, have auras wow. is is if I miss like two doses in a row. Are you are you? Do you talk about it a lot? Are you sick of talking about it? I I, I don't talk when about did, it that much. When did you? When did you first? Did you have it just? Right from like no the, no no I two or something it like was that? I it was in the nineties when I drank and so it was basically like the last night I drank um, I just went home I had been having seizures at night and I didn't know so I was waking up with a bitten tongue and then one day I woke up and I was talking on the phone to somebody and I said it's so weird I keep biting my tongue at night it was like really hard like right now I can barely even <sighs> talk and I turned around on the phone and there was a spray of blood on the wall oh, ne- next to my bed whoa. and I just went and got a sponge and wiped <laughs> it off and never told anybody and oh, never like whoa. I just was like that didn't happen and then probably like four months later or so I ha- I Kristen Barron well, was staying with me Greg's sister and I had a seizure and she was there so she called 911 so I uh, woke up like I in sleep, I remember my eyes pulling really hard and this weird sensation and like and going into it. And I was really scared and tense. And then some weird voice in my mind was like, just let go. There's nothing you can do. Like, don't fight this. You have to like just relax. And so that's when I had like it was a full uh, what do you call it? The um, uh, the terminology shit. It's it, there's different types. There's all different types. And I had the big one. Grandma. Grandma. Um, and then when I woke up, I was surrounded by EMTs and they were like, do you know your name? Do you know what day it is? And it was full on. And then I had to go to the hospital. I was in the hospital for four days and the um, doctors thought it was uh, from drinking because uh, I was how old were you this time? 27. Okay. Uh, so I was a f- I was a complete alcoholic and had taken speed like uh, diet pills about two years before, and I think that gave me heart damage. I'm pretty sure mm. um, because they say sometimes that's a connection. If you have something wrong with your oh. heart, you'll have seizures. Um, Didn't you say it happened while you're driving once, or you just were always it? Ha- it it has, um, but not full seizure. Just my eyes. Basically, my aura, which is the thing that starts. Luckily, happening. right by an exit or something, <laughs> didn't you just? Yes, that's the right. It was on the. Fr- I was that time. I was on the one thirty four in the center lane, and my aura, which is the first thing that starts happening before a full seizure. Um, some people smell things or see lights or whatever. Mine is my eyes start looking up to the left against my will, like I'm not doing it, and. Um, so yeah, I was driving up the 134 and it started happening and like when it happens, I n- turn my head because my eyes pull so hard that like, y- it's just natural that you have your head turns. Um, and I was driving and going like this and I knew that that Coanga exit was right there. And so I just cut over like three lanes of traffic and there was no one there. You didn't crash? A miracle of God. There were no other cars in wow. three lanes and I got off and I I was going to do a Jane Wilson show at that church we used to have a podcast w- were you we the driver <laughs> yeah yeah she's a we never told driver. anybody we way never better. told anybody no, I was thinking like, that even before you mentioned but I mean it. Oh by the God. time <laughs> you started this I, my seizures have been controlled by medicine for uh, uh, it's, it's almost 20 years I mean, like yeah. a super really? long time. I would and never. You, know, drive you haven't people. had a single one in the twenty yeah, years I that have. you've been medicated. Like, I definitely have. I like when I got my wisdom teeth pulled. I was taking um, 
uh, painkillers, Vicodin, and which was making me throw up. So I mm. couldn't keep medicine down. So after three days of that, I had a full seizure. Mm. Um, yeah, it's happened here and there, and it's always because I'm not ingesting the medicine or something happens with or my medicine. Or a strobe light. Mm. I've never had a seizure because oh. of a strobe light. I just avoid them because, I think because about of that. It. I thought you said that. Every the, time I see a strobe light and it's sudden, like at a Halloween of Knott's Berry Farm Scare Week or whatever, I don't think that's what they call it, but there'll be just a <laughs> strobe light and I'm like, that's careless. What if someone's epileptic? You just close your eyes. That's oh, what okay. I do. I never, I close my eyes every time oh, because, okay. because it's a weird thing. That's a way they test you when you get like EEGs or whatever they do. There's a strobe test where they start to induce a seizure to study your... So, thing. so when, so the that first time that it happened, and your friend was there, your eyes went back, and you then lost consciousness. Yes, right for away. Like 10 so you minutes. didn't, and so it you was, were just having a seizure for ten minutes, and you don't remember any of that. No, I only remember the beginning. So I was conscious oh. for the first thirty, forty-five seconds, mm. maybe. Uh, and it's super. There's, it's just tension. It's like crazy full body muscular engagement. And it's like you, it just feels like your brain is sparking, you know, because it's all of your it's all the energy, all the synapses are going at one time. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's just that. And then just really jerky, pulley body. And then there's just like a, a I just get really calm. You know what I mean? Like it's um. The same thing happened to me once when I got caught in a wave in Hawaii and I was just like, it was like I was in a washing machine. I was super panicked and then I just got crazy calm. I was just like, it'll be over. Do not, like, do not expend mm -hmm. energy. Just like, and I just, and it's the same thing where it's like high, high panic and then it's just like, mm. let it go. Um, and then, yeah, then I woke up and she said, she, she heard, she thought I was choking. And so when she came over, my lips were blue and she was so freaked out. I mean, mm. it scared the shit out of her. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's completely different, but I've had DMT trips where I have like, cause I really go for it sometimes and smoke <laughs> as much as I can. Cause you can't have, like you can't overdose on it. It's just really hard to like get enough in it to like a lot of times people don't have the full on thing, but there's been times where I think I like, I overdid it a little bit and there's been like, like where I'm like, uh, I like I feel like I'm gonna have a fucking seizure or something coming on. Yeah. It's only happened like twice you know, out of ninety times or whatever. And then I, but there'll there'll be a voice like, "It's okay, just just relax." Yes. Uh, it's uh, when you said that, I was like, "Wow, that's strange." I think it's. I mean, I don't know if that's. Uh, I don't know why that would be, but I. It feels to me. It makes sense that like. In like when you're in a worrisome situation or like a panic situation, it's like yeah, you're experiencing it, you're freaking out, you're free, you're having all these reactions, and then it gets to a point where like for me, I've had a couple things like that where it's like so scary that then there's just a little bit of like pull you 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 pull in. It's like your reptilian brain is like no 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 like we're not doing this anymore mm -hmm. is what it feels like to me. Or just like shut it all down for a little bit and then you can come back later because yeah. this is too much. You just lost your tail. <laughs> mm. And you're real, real scared. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I haven't had any experiences. Well, yeah. you should get, get some. No, you have your, all your hip things. Yeah, yeah. I'm in, well, you're, you're I'm into, in pain all the time. You're into a little 
you're into mushrooms and LSD a little bit, right? I do them on Fourth July. Oh, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> for the for our no, country to yeah, celebrate our yeah. country. You should birth. you should yeah. try one time. Just, just stare like... at the flag and watch the colors. <laughs> uh, they don't run. But they no, sure uh, the hell don't. You they, should try sometime, did, like, like, like just a... just with a with a close friend, or maybe even by yourself. I'd do it like if... with my dad if I could talk him into it. Yeah. Do DMT? Yeah. Sure. No, no, not DMT. DMT is not like a bonding experience. It's like <laughs> you're you're by yourself. I don't like uh, the like, mushroom thing. I don't. You don't care like for mushrooms. I don't socially. I don't. I I feel like I should be in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a friend or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't like it. Like at. My fourth July. No, no, yeah, I know. I that's what I'm rather. saying. Like, that's really not the best. If that's the only time you're you're not getting like the full um, picture of. Yeah, of I don't think I've ever got possible. the full picture um, <laughs> ever in your life. <laughs> the, no, really good. Parties just, are amazing. Yeah, that was really fun. That was that was fantastic. You were up at seven in the morning. I was. I woke up. I woke, just to make sure there weren't strangers in the. Because one guy threatened to have pulled out a gun and everything. Yeah. And uh, I was in my room hiding, and I came yeah. out, and you were still like wide awake and partying at seven. Yeah, yeah, I did a, lot, a fair amount of uh, psychedelics that evening. Wow! Wait, was everybody partying till seven? Uh, there no, was a group, there, was, yeah. there was a group left. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't just hanging out by I'm myself. Hit. I'm just glad you guys were there because because uh, you're having fun, and the party was continuing, which gave me pride. And then <laughs> the doors and windows were wide open, and I just thought I'd come out, and there'd be right. bandits and just a gang of raccoons putting all our <laughs> our forks in a satchel. <laughs> <laughs> These are ours now. They'd say to you yes. as you they walked got into the, the forks. <laughs> oh, we need those, Nate. What do, what do I? do with this worthless laptop (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that uh, shit man let's do drugs guys guys i can't i can't i'm excited for your do you sell these books yeah these are adult coloring books slash trip journals that i saw so i have um there's an organization uh that's the biggest research psychedelic research organization um in the u.s maybe in the world um, called uh, uh, called MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. And I had some of their people on my podcast, so some of their researchers, they're trying to get MDMA approved. They're in the last stage of getting MDMA approved for clinical use for people with PTSD. Oh. And because um, what it does is it, it uh, inhibits blood flow to the amygdala, which is like your fight or fight kind of response, and which is what PTSD have have an overactive like the one little trigger and all of a sudden this thing lights up and it's just too much for them and they yeah. need to like stop thinking about it and then they repress it too much and then once you repress it so much it'll just bubble out and project into the non-conscious wor- or the into your conscious world and that's why you have hallucinations and stuff sometimes when it's really severe but so it inhibits blood flow to the prefrontal cortex and then it increases it or the amygdala and then it increases it to the prefrontal cortex which is like your decision-making functions and does a lot of your higher processes kind of uh, where, where all these big fancy thoughts of ours um, uh, uh, like kind of later on in evolution. Um, our fanciest from, of thoughts? Our fanciest ones, all these big words. <laughs> a water slide on a boat? Yeah, and so 
so people are able to then be kind of walked through all of these things that they no- normally just can't handle thinking about in in a way and they're able to process it more yeah. and that's really all all most people need is just to be able to figure out a way to process it and, and um, talk about it without being triggered yeah. yeah and so so the organization's actually a sponsor of my tour and oh that's um, cool yeah and so and and they've been on my podcast um uh, uh, several times from the researchers and so um i forget the question that got me into that um <laughs> originally it was about oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The, about about this uh, about this trip journal and and um adult coloring book so one i just thought it was kind of a brilliant idea anyway and then ramin i have ramin nazer who edits my podcast and he's just an amazing artist in general and um so one of the things when you're having like a bad trip at a music big music festival they'll have tents like there's this organization zendo that that maps has and you go in and they just they just kind of give you a safe place to kind of relax a bad trip there's no like medical intervention needed you just need a place where you can just kind of process things and not panic so much and and calm down a little bit and one of the things that they do is like they'll give people coloring books and whatnot because it gives them like a little something to focus on so that was part of the thinking of of having this um too and and that's great i like the idea of journaling um during a trip too so yeah that's the best that's very cool yeah maybe i'll do so i have a joke about like um People being th- talking about like universal love and whatnot when they uh, when they're tripping, and so that's what this this like a universe of hearts in there. So it's all based on on my act. It's pretty neat. That is the neatest. Yeah, I just got them. What's this uh, monkey with these melting this vomit uh, uh, vomit goblets? Um, that's the monkey king. <laughs> I have a about like. <laughs> Thinking about cups while on acid, you'd have to see that. That's great. So all these are based on bits. Yeah, every one of them. Once you've seen the act, you'll understand all of those uh, different. This is this Christmas one. (laughs) So there's a there's a mushroom, um, Amanita muscalia or something like that. That uh, I first found out about it because someone people come up to me after shows and tell me about all these weird drugs I'd never heard of. So apparently this mushroom, you eat it, does nothing to you at all. But then if you collect your urine and drink it, you trip your balls oh, up. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, and I haven't tried that one yet. Um, Wait, but, where does Christmas come into that? So I, so I didn't, I thought they were making it up. So I mm-hmm. looked into it. And then it turns out that they think that, so there's a lot of, a lot of people have these ideas, which I don't really subscribe to, that are about that psychedelics were kind of the foundation of a lot of, a lot of modern religions and a lot of modern uh, myths. So this mushroom, they think, is responsible for the Santa Claus myth because it's a red and white mushroom that grows under conifer trees, and um, and they would, uh, they would like it would be this gift that you would give for like to have the ceremony. And one of the things that they do to test if the mushrooms were good, if they trip, they would give them. They were reindeer herders. They'd give them to reindeer, and if they were worked, the reindeer would start jumping up and down like really high. And so they think that's it's not. It's not, I'm, I'm not saying I believe yeah, yeah, that, yeah. but it's <laughs> just a fun little story. thing. So, I that, love that. so that's the story of that picture. So every every that's picture has a little abuse. story to it. That's a, just a story about animals. No, they, they, it's not abuse because they fucking love it. Oh, they okay. love getting high. <laughs> <laughs> they think it's the greatest. Animals love getting high. They, they love it. My cat's on catnip. Are you kidding? <laughs> have you seen? Um, have you ever seen like monkeys getting drunk? There's this great. If you just put in monkeys getting drunk, there, there's this <laughs> resort area. Um, 
in some country and that has monkeys around and the monkeys will just run up and like grab someone's drink <laughs> from them and drink it and they found that they found that these monkeys have have the exact same kind of percentage of alcoholism as humans <laughs> so you have some monkeys that like try it once and don't touch they get won't, sick. won't touch the stuff like, you have some monkeys that are like i'll have a drink here and there <laughs> you know it's fun. friday night yeah and then you have some monkeys that are just raging alcoholics yeah. oh out of control God. and it's like the exact same percentage as humans so this, that's like the kind of stuff that i'm into and i that's talk about great. on my here we are podcast i i just basically if there's something I don't know about, like, say, seizures, which I know nothing about, I'm interested in, I just try to find a researcher in one of the cities that I'm traveling to or I make a list of people and topics I'm interested in, and I look them up and get them on my show to uh, have them explain it to me. Mm-hmm. So that's That's terrific. Yeah. Wow. I, I hope there's a monkey out there that only smokes when he drinks. He <laughs> 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 just gets drunk. So I know these old things. Oh, I want to quit, but I can't. Because that's a classic. I, I love that 50s footage of forcing monkeys to smoke cigarettes. You didn't have to best. force them for too long, I don't think. No, they <laughs> I think you love just it. give them a little You got to light them. You have to light it, put yeah. it in their mouth, yeah. though. You're being a dick in a lab yeah, coat yeah. at that point. And you also have to put a leather jacket on them, <laughs> you know, just yeah. to complete the picture. Will you. <laughs> The, usually at the end of our podcast, we ask people to give us plugs, I but I feel like in. you've perfectly yeah. done it yeah. the entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's, a pro. You I'm, are I'm, a legit I'm, pro. Yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was very conversational. Yeah, it, was, it was seamless. It in there. So, yeah. so how do, yeah. Where I mean, this it's nice because go to your... it's like a show that I'm so excited about, yeah. so it's like easy and talk. It, it's totally. just like, you know, when you're like sick of your act and stuff, which I'll probably be sick yeah. of this by yeah. the end of the fucking tour, I imagine. Imagine. Yeah, but it's just you know you know that special time when you're like actually excited. It's yeah, all together, yeah. and you're like yes. Yeah, so that's where <laughs> you, I am right you now. Need you're doing apologize. it. Yeah. yeah. Where? When? How do people find it? Just at your Shane website. Shane Moss M A U S S dot com, and you can go on there and check all the dates. It's sixty five cities. It is. So if you live in the U S, I'm I'm somewhere Shane, around. Shane S H A N E. I've had trouble yep. with your first yeah, name yeah. even, and then last M-A-U-S-S. name is M A U S S. Sounds like M O S S. Yeah, and I actually spell. Some people pronounce. Some people have the same spelling and pronounce mouse. it mouse. Get out of here with your mouse shit. But that's. <laughs> but that's like I know this. There's this German um, scientist who's here now and pronounces it that way, and it's a German name. So I'm like, well, she's probably right then. Yeah. I think I'm. Nah. I think maybe I've been saying it wrong. Nah. Well, know. you're an American. It's now. just her Let's... weird Nazi accent. Yeah, yeah we don't. Want <laughs> We're very anti-German <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> They did. They were Nazis. They're asking you know, for it. Were, They're asking know, for it. Kind of got to remind them once in a while. I mean, you shake a finger, wag a judgmental finger at the Germans yeah, every once in a while. You don't want to yeah. slip. You don't want to slip back into it. It was only a racist. couple years ago that it happened. <laughs> yeah, it like, wasn't that long ago. It really yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Shocking I've, enough. I've forgiven them. Chris, <laughs> you're such a good person. I like that. That's what you had to uh, say to dig yourself out of the yeah, Nazi yeah. hole. You know what? I forgive Nazis. You shake it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been. <laughs> Do you need a ride? Uh, D-Y-N-A-R. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim Give us a time and date Terminal and gate We want 
wanna send you off in style We wanna welcome you back home Tell us all about it, were you scared or was it fine? Malphorn Uh, with Karen and Cress.